Welcome to Muller Time, episode 18. <laughs> and life? Life for oh, all. That's, oh, that, oh, that's yeah. a Jersey medal. See? Life <laughs> life for all those involved in the uh, Muller investigation. Yeah. Don't you, don't you think? I wish they would all go live on Skid Row. Yeah. Yeah. One of New Jersey's own. <laughs> I was thinking until we have a theme song, which, by the way, I've decided that uh, I'm going to write, and which we were talking about off air. But anyway, regardless of that... Um, I was thinking until then I'd, you know, use different kinds of music. Unfortunately, there's no other good songs. Like when we did the 17th episode, the only song I could find was a really sketchy winger song. <laughs> Which, by the way, that song would totally not fly now. No, absolutely not. Like, yeah. Well, no, when Roy Moore was um, uh, about to get elected, I, I ran a whole Twitter thread of, um, of pedophile songs. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. No kidding. That's amazing. <laughs> Roy Moore, a hashtag Roy Moore playlist. You might find it still. Uh, we appreciate all you new listeners, especially uh, I noticed on the Podbean app where we've been featured all week. We've gone from uh, eight subscribers to 90. Yeah, you know, uh, it's going up every week. Really appreciate that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah, and I, I know there's a lot of you out there are listening on Facebook. That's right. The Facebook group, uh, amazingly, is the biggest. So if you want to follow us anywhere, we have the Muller Time Facebook page, or uh, I'm Eric LeVay, and I'm on Twitter at E-R-I-C-L-E-V-A-I. I'm Chris, and you can find me on Twitter at Low Progressive. Low Progressive. You can follow Chris over there. We each, each of us have our own uh, flavors. Yes. A little bit different. <laughs> uh, gee, there's a lot going on. You, What do you want to do, Supreme Court first? Oh, look, it's Monday night. I, 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 anything else I had in my mind is just off now. Yeah. Supreme Court pick, uh, gee, when Brett Kavanaugh, a white male. Yeah. What a what, what a surprise. No surprise there. I was gonna play the national anthem there, but I wasn't quite quite quick enough. <laughs> Which national anthem? <laughs> <laughs> I know you got more than one on there. Yeah, yeah, no. We've got the uh we have the Russian one and we have the American one. Um so everything I was hearing tonight on the news and reading on Twitter and all the various news sources. Um uh, so Trump was working off a list provided to him by um right wing extremists. Yeah, it was provided by the Federalist Society. Mm-hmm. They are a group of right-wing extremists who uh, they, you know, they pick the they pick the nominee. Yeah, they get to decide. Let's not pretend this guy is anything other than what he is. He's a right-wing extremist. I call them terrorists now. Some people think that's too far. I don't because I've, I mean, I don't understand. Most seventy percent of this country each day now wakes up in pure terror over what's happening. That's terrorism. Yeah, and they're part of it. Mm-hmm. So now. <laughs> By the way, do you think there's any way, what, what do you think Trump's first and only question was to this guy? Oh, well, are you going to pledge loyalty to me? Bingo. Bingo. What will you do when Mueller comes for me? Okay, well, now I uh, brought that up on my Twitter account, at Low Progressive. Um, should Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, if he gets confirmed, if Trump's fate is eventually in the hands of the Supreme Court, shouldn't the two of them recuse themselves being that they were uh, appointed they by ab- the person whose fate is being decided by the Supreme Court. They absolutely should, but of course uh, they won't. Okay, well, if they won't, is is there any sort of legality that says they have to? I remember we, we talked about this on the last one, and I said I'll, the same thing now. The Democrats have got to come up with something. Just look, worst case scenario, just fucking make something up and go with it. What do you think these people do? They they kept Merrick Garland off the court. Just they just made something up. Well, how quickly is um, Turtleneck going to start the um, <laughs> the uh, what do you call the the hearings the, the confirmation hearings? Oh, pro- as, as, uh, Mitch McConnell. Yeah, Turtleneck. He got uh, chased out of a restaurant. <laughs> Did you see that? 
Oh, so uncivilized. Yeah. St- Stephen Miller uh, apparently threw away oh, 80 that's, do- that's my favorite one. $80 of sushi to, to own the liberals. Oh, no, but just that whole story is awesome because they, he was completely played. I guess they treated him nice, and then one of the waiters followed him out after as he's carrying his $80 of sushi and then gave him two fingers. Hey, Stephen, turned around, gives him the fingers. And, yeah, and then, then Stephen, uh, Stephen Miller did the right thing by throwing that sushi away. I, I really have to ask, who first of all, who buys $80 of sushi? For one person, like that's a. I know sushi is expensive, but and don't tell me he was with a, a woman. Well, I think our favorite funny Twitter account, our schoolie, mentioned something about that. Yeah, if you if you guys do enjoy Twitter, uh, I'm kind of mixed on Twitter to be honest with you. But our schoolie, the funniest guy, check him out. Yeah, he's a Hollywood writer producer. I, this guy is, is a genius. Yeah, I think I saw him tweet earlier uh, about um. Well, was he buying eighty dollars of sushi for himself, or does he actually have friends? Yeah. Well, <laughs> what. Yeah. One thing to keep in mind about that, he's the one, Stephen Miller was the source for that story. He's also a pathological liar. So we don't really know if, for for whatever reason, he could have just made that up. Uh, you know what, though? I'll give him some benefit of the doubt. I could easily put away $80 worth of sushi alone. Oh. But I don't know if I've ever gotten $80 worth of takeout sushi for myself alone. Yeah, I, uh, I, no, I do like sushi a lot, but... <laughs> okay, so the um, let's not move on from that. The uh, political, the Politicon lineup is out. Politicon. Or not the lineup, but well, me. no, they, yeah, they announced the dates for Politicon. Politicon. What is Politicon? You just asked. Well, Politicon, <laughs> Politicon is what I tell people is Politicon is Comic Con for people who enjoy politics. Yes. Now we've gone. Uh, I've been three out of four years. We covered it officially as media on our old podcast. Yeah, uh, we hope to do that this year. We've already submitted the application. All right. Uh, we have listeners all over America, all over the world. You know, um, go to Politicon.com to, to, to see what it's all, to see more about what it's, what's happening. But come out to L.A. October 20th and 21st at the Los Angeles Convention Center. They're moving it from, it's been in Pasadena, now they're moving downtown. Uh, we're going to be there. We're going to be covering it. Seriously, if you guys, and we know that you're listening to this, you're ready. You love politics or you're a political nerd or whatever. You, you will have so much fun at this thing. Yes, you will be staring at a lot of people wearing MAGA hats, MAGA hats, and that will be weird. That will be very weird for you. But other than that, it's awesome. Yeah, you know, Eric, you're not wrong describing it as a Comic-Con for politics. I mean, they got panels all day long. Every fun person you could think of on Twitter or on cable news, they're all going to be on there with their topics and their debates. And then every right-wing nutjob organization has a booth, and you can go up to their booths and talk to them and make fun of them to their faces. Don't be... Too uncivil, right? Yeah, it's it's a good time, and uh, come meet us out there. We're gonna be we'll, we'll have our cameras and microphones, and that's right. We'll be covering it. We're we're gonna try to also just have a good time too. We we had to work so much last time. I'm, I'm, this year, I want to figure out how we can balance it because I want to go to the panels. Yeah, you know, instead of I mean, we did get a lot of great interviews last time, but yeah, I mean they have uh they'll have like seriously like if I know it's it's expensive to travel, and we're lucky because we are here in L.A. But you guys should just check it out as soon as possible. Yeah, they oh, they only announced the dates today, um, mm-hmm. October 20th and 21st at the L.A. Convention Center, um, Politicon.com. I'm sure we'll be having rollouts of all of the speakers and events and panels. We are going to be shamelessly plugging Politicon every week on yeah, this podcast until we, it happens. We don't even get paid for it. We just we just love doing it. Yeah, hey, look, I go. You just if you're into politics, you should go to this. 
Okay, one thing Eric mentioned about Politicon. Yeah, you're gonna it's it leans heavily to the right wing nut jobs. Lots of MAGA hats. You're gonna be outnumbered if you're not one of them. Um, but it, this is really the only situation where both sides of the political aisles have a convention together. There's and, nothing else like it. Yeah, and they're they're the they are the minority though. I mean, there weren't like that many. Oh, I I really felt outnumbered by the really the the, the Trump leaning side. Yeah, I think they just stand out though. Well, you know what I think though? They're all used to doing similar conventions just for themselves. They happen all year long. There's one, a different one every single month. Um, the Young Americans for Freedom, they always throw them. Um, there's ones thrown by uh, Charlie Kirk, uh, Charlie Kirk's um, <laughs> Turning Point USA. Yeah. They have these all the time. I always read about them on Ben Shapiro's timeline or Cassie Dillon Low Conservatives timeline yeah. on Twitter. I- yeah, they th- these people go to these conventions all the time. Well, the one that you can go to, because if you tried to get yourself registered and you're not a right-wing nutjob to one of Charlie Kirk's conventions, they're going to turn you down. They yeah. They don't do that at this one. There, there was a variety, too. I mean, I, I'm not going to personally group the um, like the Ben Shapiro conservatives necessarily with some of the MAGA ones, but I, I do have to say, personally interacting with a couple of those true MAGA ones where it's truly... Uh, these are truly vile, disgusting people. I mean, I still remember that one guy. I'm not going to go on and on about this, but remember we were just setting up the camera. I don't even think we were filming, and that guy walked past us, and he just said, Trayvon Martin was white. Oh, yeah. Remember that? It was like 9 a.m., and I was like, why did you say that? Yeah, what was that? That's, wow. Like just agitators, I, troll, real-life trolls. Yeah, I think it's important to understand that, that too, to me, is a type of terrorism because – that doesn't, not only does it not mean anything, the purpose of that is to scare you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's a disturbing thing to say that doesn't mean anything, but it was just, that was interesting to me as well. These are, these are dangerous people. Yeah. That's some like male dominance BS that they were trying to pull. Right. And I only wish the camera had been on cause I would have loved to have, but unfortunately we were just setting up and he kept walking. Yeah. Um, I post an article on the Mueller Time Facebook page, but I'm sure you read it by now, Jonathan Chait. I yeah, that that's been good. Making the rounds today, I saw that last night. You guys, have, this is the number one article, regardless of whether you agree with what the article is. Essentially, is the premise that, and Jonathan Chait doesn't even necessarily say whether he agrees or not, but that Trump has been a Russian asset, intelligence asset since 1987. Mm-hmm. I personally think the article makes a a 99% case that he is. Well, what the article says is, um, here is a theory. The theory, it's a long shot, but it needs to be taken seriously. And um, Trump, the, the, the article states how Trump made his uh, first trip to Moscow in 1987. And when he returned from that trip, now he's political. And he took out, a, um, shortly after the 1987 trip to Moscow, he took out a full-page ad, was it in the New York Times? Correct. And it, it was basically... Um, spouting Russian propaganda. Correct. Yeah. Right. And that's when that's when that started. That would be 1987. Actually, I'm going to up my percentage of whether I think it's true. I think it's actually 100% true. And I think that the only reason that people are even doubting that is because, I don't know, there's something psychological in people where you don't want to believe the worst. Okay, well, maybe Trump didn't know in 1987, but I think it's more unbelievable that Trump went to Russia in 1987 and they didn't start in on them. They didn't. They didn't start. Their, they they started their long game in 1987 on right. him. It's not even that. It's it's not like some movie thing where in '87 they're like, look, 
we're going to pay you this money. And you, it, it, it can be more like they just worked him. Oh, no, I'm sure they completely worked him. Right. I mean, he, he probably had his ass completely kissed. I think the article describes how um, that's when they first started talking about putting a Trump building in Moscow. Yeah, it, they, were, they, they began grooming him. And it started 1987, it, 31 years ago. I, I would guess it was, it was something like this. Uh, we can help you with this you know, hotel in Moscow. We'd appreciate it if you would use your public voice about X issue X and Y, mm-hmm. and then the and then the paper goes up, the ad goes up right away. Yeah, that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, fast forward here, and here we are. Yeah, it's a great article, and like I said, even if you don't agree with it, this article um, has he kind of combined all the a lot of the most important articles about this. He hyperlinks. So really, it's really worth reading. I mean, yeah, this um, this story, uh, it really encompasses every bit of the the Trump Russia connection since we really started since it really started coming to light in 2016. So there's a, if you've been following it like we have this whole time, you're going to read a lot of stuff you already know. But Jonathan Chait really is the first person to connect the dots with this 1987 trip, and it's a fascinating article. Eric posted it on our Facebook page. You know what I'll do because I need new people. I my at low progressive Twitter account, which I told Eric before we went on the air, I wouldn't keep plugging all night. Now this is the third time. Um, I'll link it on there as well. I already blocked you, but <laughs> even still, if you guys want to check out uh, low progressive, I, I did. I did block him. But and you know the, the most interesting part of that article is the Alpha Bank yeah. connection, and this goes back to what I've been saying about how people don't want to believe the worst. So w- when this when an article came out that showed that there was unusual traffic between Alpha Bank, uh, and which is a Russian bank, and the Trump and the Trump organization, so all these people immediately, you know, like the Intercept and all these other, you know, began just trashing this article. Yeah. But like with everything in this Trump Russia thing, when you step back and look at everything, what other answer is there for that? Mm-hmm. Like. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, um, I'd like to point out, you know who reported that first? The Alpha Bank pingings of uh, the computer in Trump Tower? At Seth Abramson. Was it Was it really? Yeah, that was the first place I read that. I think, uh, according to the Jonathan Shade article, it was another journalist, but okay. it, you could be right, actually. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? I don't, I don't want to say that I know that for a fact. Um, is, now, wait a minute. Is that also in the BuzzFeed dossier? Uh, Alpha I Bank d- stuff. I'm not sh- I don't I'm think not, so. I'm not sure either, but I know that, uh, yeah, Seth Abramson was uh, yeah. telling um, the Alpha Bank pinging of the Trump Tower servers long before most anybody else. It, it's just, it's amazing that all these organizations trash that story. I, I understand there might be little things that maybe were wrong, but the big picture, why would a Russian bank and, and the Trump organization be uh, communicating? And then immediately when that was posted, uh, when that became public, that server shut down. Yeah. So... You know, it's like it's stupid to even. Well, it's okay because it wasn't Hillary's server. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> so the Mueller team has grown. Uh, he's hired a bunch of new prosecutors. Some of that is to deal with some of the various, le- you know, people are going to start coming at him. But mm-hmm. I, I read that as a good sign in uh, Bloomberg. Well, you know, it's uh, what what can you say until we actually get a report from Mueller? Here, we're the Mueller Time Podcast, and it's uh, patience is not easy. Actually, a. Uh, this is kind of a scoop. I didn't let you know, but uh, Mueller's going to be on the next episode <laughs> telling us what's going to happen. That would be awesome. He's got the whole... Well, hey, that'd, talk, be a, that'd be a scoop. Talk about traffic to our... <laughs> talk about publicity. Hey. Maybe I should just lie about it. Get an actor. Uh, no one knows what Mueller even sounds like. Yeah, we haven't heard him, have we? I mean, he's got some couple public interviews, but okay. 
that would kind of be bad for our credibility. Yeah. We would That's like a that's like a uh what does Malcolm Nance call them team team pillow fort move. Oh, that that's what he calls all the uh Yeah. all the at funders and who else? Um, Louise Minch. Yes. Oh, funder. Funder. Yeah, Funder is a guy, if you're on Twitter, this guy, Scott, what's his name? Scott Dworkin. Okay. I just want to let you guys know because I see him repost it a lot because he does post things that appeal to us on the uh, Democrats. You guys should be aware that this guy has a very shady and checkered past, and there are people on the left who are out to, they're, they're exploiting what's called the resistance. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. Yeah. He may here and there do some things that are good, but... I'd be very careful about giving money to his organization, which is called the, is it the Democratic Coalition? You know what? I stopped following him a long yeah. time ago, so I, I don't know what, be, uh, how he is asking for his handouts. Be, be very careful with this guy, Scott Dworkin. Yeah. You know, I don't care who it is. I don't care if they agree with, the, if I agree with the message. If I think they're stealing money, mm-hmm. we are going to call him out here on this show. Yeah. A Congressman, uh, Jim Jordan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's important to call that story out. It's it a pretty is. big one. And uh, have you seen what the blowback defense is? You know, man, I, I want to say something. Do you remember Al Franken? Uh, yeah. Remember course. him? Yeah. He used to be a senator. Oh, yeah. Why did he resign again? Because he did that. Well, this doesn't work on a uh, audio-only right. podcast. He took a photo of uh, mocking, grabbing a sleeping woman's boobs. Hmm. So, um, yeah, the crime of the century. Mm. Congressman Jim Jordan, it looks like, was the Joe Paterno of wrestling. It looks Ohio like State. Ohio State. Ohio State wrestling. Um, obviously, it's been all over the news. Mm-hmm. So basically, he covered up the systematic rape and sexual assault of God knows how many young men. Yeah. One of the Ohio State wrestlers that came out um, as one of the whistleblowers or supporting the story is uh, went on to become uh, a UFC heavyweight champion. He's one of the earliest UFC heavyweight champions. Um, Mark Coleman. Really? Yeah, he was an Ohio State wrestler, and he's one of the. Um, he's not one of the seven making accusations. He is coming out saying, "Yeah, those guys are right." Then that doctor was dirty. Then I'm not quoting him exactly there, but yes, uh, UFC former champion Mark Coleman is. is Did he was he a, a victim of this guy, or was he just saying he knows about it? He um, said he said Jim Jordan absolutely had to know about this. Right. Yes. He's I, not saying he was a victim. Just I just found the whole. Bi- beyond the actual story that just the cultural thing about reading about this, that this was acceptable. Talk about changes in the times. They said that this at this school, was it Ohio state? Ohio state. The wrestling practice, just these total freaks and criminals would just come in there and just watch. Yeah, no, they were able what? to watch and the, the doctor would shower with the wrestlers. What? I mean, what? That's creepy. Oh, that's really creepy. Yeah. I, this was just uh, to me it was it was fascinating in a, a very sad way, but just that that was obviously that was in the seventies or whatever. That no, that had, that was late eighties, early nineties. That was the late eighties. Yeah, that happened. Yeah. Are you sure the story wasn't earlier? Um, I, I could have sworn it started okay. was earlier. You know what? This is the problem with not um, fact checking before we start talking. So it could be earlier than well. Yes. Either look, either way, if it was the seventies or eighties, this is just something that would not at all be acceptable right now. Just that this was this open arena where just all these all these cr- okay. creeps would just come. I'm going to have to disagree, push back a little bit on that. Um, uh, having gone to a Catholic high school, yeah, that for years and years and years, that kind of stuff was always overlooked in in all kinds of institutions. Right, right. Yes. But what I mean is, it's not like we went to high school like three years ago. No, I mean, no. That, so let's say let's say that was the 80s or whatever. You're right. I mean, times have changed a little bit. Mm. 
But what a just left me with a really uns- well. Um, are the kids today better educated? Like they know they the they know how to um, report something like that happening to them. I don't know. I just the part that stuck out about that story the most was just that these wrestling practices were just open for all these criminals to just yeah all the come there and hang out and perv on the guys wrestling with each other. Yeah. Um, it's like that movie, The Last Picture Show. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if you've seen it, but Robert Altman, right? Um, that's Peter Bogdanovich. But oh, you're right. My, come on, okay. Come on, Mr. Fact Checker. No, no, okay, I'm, I'm just, I'm just night, no, 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 no. It's great night. It's great night, and you can follow him at Low Progressive. <laughs> One of the characters in that movie, I think, is a gym teacher who is a. The t- everyone in the town knows that he's a child molester, and it's just this open thing where no one. It's just like, hey, that's that's him. Mm-hmm. And that kind of thing, I think, is less acceptable now, which is which is good. So Jim Jordan, I guess he's just going to keep his job because that's that's what we do now. Well, okay, that gets uh, as I mentioned earlier. Have you heard what the right wing blowback defense is? Well, why is this coming up now? You know, he's run for office all these times. How come these stories didn't come out then? It's the it's the deep state. Mm. Yeah. yeah, this is the guy who's uh, every time he is on TV, he's you know calling out the Mueller probe. It's just amazing. Mm. I could tell he's just the type of person who is a he's power hungry. He yeah. I'm sure he knew what was going on. It might have even in some place bothered him, but not enough to stop it. Well, you know what? He was the assistant coach, so he probably felt he did not have the authority to stop it. So who was the coach? He but yet he thinks he has the authority now to Oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But he has the authority to stop the Mueller probe. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because it's, you know, the Mueller's not touching little boys. Or, well, these weren't really little boys. These were wrestlers, and it was the doctor, but yeah. Oh, so uh, Scott Pruitt finally got canned. I don't think we mentioned that last time. No, did we miss it? Well, did it, I think oh, it happened after we recorded. Yeah, that was July 4th, the <laughs> last episode. Yeah, Scott Pruitt was out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that story's already gone from the news cycle. Probably, arguably, except for Trump, the most corrupt individual to ever have a cabinet position. Um, the, uh, the most corrupt that we heard about. That we know about. Yeah. The, the, the Trump's still in office. There's still corrupt people in, the, in offices there. No, we, we're going to hear about others. It's, it's hard to, it's really hard to pick. Wait till we find out what Jared and Ivanka have been wasting our money on. We haven't found that stuff out yet, and we will. Yeah, it's, it's amazing because Jared and Ivanka have done enough to be... Like Jared should be would have been locked up alone for lying on, mm-hmm. you know his his application. Yeah, he got the free pass. Right, and then that thing came out about the Trump Foundation, where Ivanka is on the board there, and that's enough to get locked up for a normal person. Mm-hmm. These are not normal people. Correct. They're not, they're not like you and I. They have a different set of rules. But if you do want to feel good, I'm going to tell you guys something. Trump has a chance in some ways of. I'm not saying he's going to skate, but just this country traditionally has problems holding presidents accountable. But if you want to feel better about something, no one else below him has that protection. I'll tell you that right now. I don't know what's going to happen to Trump, but everybody else, Jared, Ivanka, all of them, they're in grave, grave danger right now. Will Trump let Ivanka go to jail? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not really sure. Well, we haven't even heard her name like connected to any crimes that, yet, but... I, I, look, I, I, I want to think when Mueller finally comes out with his report, then we're getting everything on Ivanka. Well, have you noticed that he hasn't interviewed, to our, to our knowledge, Jared, Ivanka, no. any of them? That's mm-hmm. not a good thing yeah. for you. We've, he hasn't interviewed Roger Stone. When you haven't been interviewed, but you're a part of it, that means you're a, a target. Yeah. 
North Korea appears to have uh, not quite worked out. Oh, geez. What a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Who saw that coming? Yeah. Although, my, by the way, my um, official coin shipped. Oh, really? Oh, have we got it? You haven't gotten it yet, have you? Oh, well, let me let me clarify. <laughs> uh, the White House coin I haven't heard about yet, but my uh, coin from uh, Claude Taylor, a.k.a. True Facts, stated uh, a genius little coin that uh, with Trump and um, Putin. <laughs> yeah, that shipped. So that was very cool. I look forward to getting You're that. You're getting a Trump-Putin challenge coin. And then the, That's awesome. I also bought the real challenge coin with Trump and Kim that they said that will ship August 1st. Okay, a month away. Yeah, Less I might, than a month away. I might make into a necklace or something. Well, look, that's we're still a month away. Who knows how? It's already been breaking down. Uh, the the agreement, I use in scare quotes, agreement that uh, Kim Jong Un and Trump made. How bad could it be after August first? That coin is just absolutely hilarious. Yeah. So here's here was here's how North Korea worked out. They Kim got everything he wanted. Nothing happened on our end. Now Pompeo went there. And they rejected him. They wouldn't even meet with him. Yeah, Kim Jong-un snubbed him. So I think that's your answer right there as to how uh, yeah. successful that was. Well, one of the, I don't, I can't quite remember who exactly had pointed this out. North Korea, North Korea already has now the capabilities to launch a missile that can reach the United States. So Kim Jong-un has that. Mm. And uh, what did the United States give up? They gave up uh, the military testing in the annual tests, um, uh, well, not mil- which military tests were there in the in the South Korea Sea there? Yeah, they gave up those military tests for nothing. What did Kim Jong Un give up? He gave up nothing. But Trump told us they're denuclearizing. Well, that's a load of bullshit. Uh, also, and, and everyone believed it. Yeah, my, my God. Uh, on the moving the line um, sort of theme that I try to bring up as much as possible, where the normalization becomes and the Trump administration pushes things further. Uh, the U.S. Army has started discharging uh, immigrants. Oh, yeah. So there's more evidence that things are being moved that were not ever mentioned or talked about. Now, they're not being um, discharged honorably, which means they're not getting their citizenship as was promised for enlisting. Yeah, and we don't even know what's going on because even their commanders aren't being told. Mm-hmm. But it's I mean, obviously we know what's going on. They're discharging them because they're, you know, they're white supremacists. So mm-hmm. they're going to discharge... Uh, any immigrant, yeah. any brown-skinned person, black person, you know, anyone other than a, a white person. And then, this is really important, they formed a denaturalization task force. I don't know if you read about this. No, I don't know about it. this one, no. Tell me. Yeah, here's moving the line. They want to look for people who were naturalized years ago under false pretenses, so they say. So in other words, I lied, I used a fake social, I got naturalized, it was 30 years ago. Well, now they're going to punish them. Now, if it was any other administration, I can somewhat see your argument. Hey, you know, you're not supposed to use a fake social or do some kind of fraud mm-hmm. to get your citizenship. But this is the Trump administration. Do you really think you can trust them? Because if they can take away the naturalized citizenship, so now we're just one step from you and I. Yeah. They've moved it from people who are, quote unquote, illegal immigrants to people who are, these people are citizens. And then the next step is... Us, born, native-born. Yeah. You don't have the right political belief? Maybe we're going to take away your citizenship. We don't know. You know, maybe uh, the wrong guy tunes into Mueller time, and next thing you know, I'm on a, I'm on a boat out to Finland or something. <laughs> it's like the perfect strangers uh, opening, you know? You see me waving. Oh, man. We're going to end up in baby jail. Hey, I mean, you got to stand for something. Yeah. 
I wish I wasn't there with those kids. I really do. It's, I'm, it's frustrating. I got to be honest with you, man. It's frustrating. I even message our representatives to see, hey, can we help these kids right here? Like, can we do anything? Nobody wrote back. But I did it on Twitter because I thought maybe I'd have a better response because it's public, you know. Who'd you, who'd you write to exactly? Um, Gavin Newsom, our mayor, Garcetti, okay. uh, Kamala Harris. I mean, everybody. Okay. Because they're right here. I mean, there's, I don't know if they're in LA, but I know they have these facilities in San Diego and El Cajon. Hey, Adam Schiff, uh, he's got his local office walking distance from our studio. He does. He does. Yeah. I mean, there just has to be something we can do. I feel like we're helping out someone with the show, but I just would like to do more. We don't even know what's happening to these kids. No. And now, wasn't today or is it tomorrow? It was supposed to be the deadline for all the reunifications, reunifications of the parents and children. That's not happening. They didn't make that deadline. Well, it's clear that they never intended to. Yeah. You know, you, you brought up, we've now brought this up three times because each time I've thought about it more. You brought up that about a sort of a sinister separating these kids. Yo, yeah, I went full Alex Jones on my theory, but go ahead. Well, the last time I said I was thinking about it a little more. And then I thought about it even more and how they didn't plan ahead. And now I'm actually much closer to what you said and agreeing with you. All right. Well, records connecting the children with the, the deported parents were destroyed. Right. Right now we're hearing that the only way that they can reconnect the, the children with the parents is through DNA tests. And again, now these children, they, they haven't just, they're not necessarily just in jail. They've been separated and put in completely different states far away from the southern border. Right. Yeah. So if they can't connect them, what are they going to do with these kids? Oh, well, first of all, they go put these one-year-old children on trial to defend themselves first. And then um, when they do not succeed in court, what happens to them? Yeah. Yeah. So where do these children end up? I think we have time for one more sad topic. <laughs> We're at 30 minutes. Anything uh, anything you, you want to talk about? Go England. Oh, by the oh. time you post this, we're going to know who's in the uh, in the final. Oh, there was one uh, <laughs> there was one great thing uh, despite uh, taking steroids and what else did they do? Okay, um, yeah, the the Russian team did not have to do the the same drug testing as everybody else. Oh, and I, I realized the Russians have a Brazilian on the team, and he actually scored in the game on right. this, in the quarterfinal game this past weekend. So despite taking uh, anabolic steroids and hiring a ringer, Russia still lost to Croatia. We'd like to... Uh, took penalty kicks, but Luka Modric... And you still couldn't do it. Did it. So we'd like to uh, just say real quick... <laughs> Russia, go fuck yourself. Seriously, go fuck yourself. Fucking losers. Sorry. No, that was, that was an exciting game. I don't know if you watched it. That was freaking exciting. When Russia got that equalizer late in extra time that sent the game to penalty kicks. I mean, that's soccer at its most exciting. Russia, Vladimir Putin, fuck off. <laughs> yes, fuck off, Putin. I could keep this going forever. Yes, you could. You know what we got to do? We got to get you the um, Nikolai Volkov rendition of the Russian national anthem and play that one of these you, weeks. You know, I also looked up the Croatian national anthem because uh, I... And I I realized something. Have you ever noticed all national anthems sound the same? Yeah. No, I watch a lot of soccer, and national anthems for countries in Africa sound no different than countries in the whitest part of Europe. How, how does that happen? All right, y'all. Well, uh, 
like we said, if you want to follow us on uh, Twitter, I'm uh, Eric LeVay, E-R-I-C-L-E-V-A-I. I'm also on every other Instagram or whatever. And I'm on Twitter, at Low Progressive. You could also find us on Facebook, Muller Time Podcast on Facebook. Uh, we look forward to talking to you next week and uh, keep resisting. Thanks.